Welcome to InsideCatholicPhilly.com, where we explore the Catholic faith as it's experienced in church and in everyday life. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. And along with our guests, we discuss the Catholic take on everything from sacraments and Sunday Mass to social media and sports, based on CatholicPhilly.com's award-winning news and commentary. Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us here at CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. Matt, always good to have you with us in the studio. Cheers to you, Gina. Cheers indeed. It's great also to have with us our friend, Father Thomas Daly. Father Daly is the John Cardinal Foley Chair of Homiletics and Social Communications at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in Wynwood, Pennsylvania. Father, welcome as always. Thanks, Gina. Especially happy to be here. Well, Father, it's a hot summer day and you look a little thirsty, so... So how about a nice cold beer while you tell us how it's possible to actually drink like a saint? Well, I can't do both at the same time, so I'll just keep talking and save the beer for later. Well, now, before you get started, I'm going to point out that a lot of Christians and even members of other faiths will tell you that spirits and spirituality, holiness and alcohol, don't mix at all. But you say there's actually a theological argument that makes for a spirited defensive drink. So do tell. Well, I think you can certainly speak well about the subject. Dr. Michael Foley has actually written the book about it called Drinking with the Saints, in which he points out not only some of the fun historical facts, but the theological idea is basically living life joyfully. It's not so much that the drink induces joy, but that the socializing, the spirit with which we engage other folks, usually around cocktails or often around cocktails, particularly in terms of young people, is just a common way of life. Wine, for instance, or other cocktails we often have at special celebrations. So it's part of the fabric of how we interact as a people. And in the church, in recent years, the theology on tap sessions in many dioceses has been really popular ways mm-hmm. for young adults to gather, socialize, get to know one another, and even hear some pretty weighty topics and discussions in the context of having a refreshing drink. It's a brilliant series, which I think began in the Archdiocese of Chicago, and it taps into, so to speak, the fact that young people are going to gather in bars and pubs, and that's where they talk about things and mm-hmm. talk about life. Well, okay, let's introduce theology into that talk. You're going to get a big crowd, and if they don't like the talk, they can have their favorite beer. So you're meeting people where they're at. Absolutely. In that culture of encounter. Now, wine is central to the Catholic celebration of the Eucharist, but as I pointed out earlier, some Christian denominations don't believe in using it, and in fact, they'll substitute grape juice at their communion services because they say that Jesus didn't use actual wine, that it was actually a kind of sour grape juice or even a type of vinegar that folks at the time drank because they didn't have have access to clean drinking water. So to back it up a bit, do you think Jesus drank actual wine? I myself do. Now, depending on who made it, it may have turned out to be vinegary, but the Gospels tell us, and I think it's, again, kind of a common feature of life, even in that part of the world at that time, that wine was part of the celebration, particularly for the Passover celebration. And we know that beer has been brewed around the world for thousands of years. Absolutely. Now, I know a lot of people who are in recovery from alcohol and drug addiction, or they may still be actively struggling with substance abuse. So what would you say to them? Is it possible for some people people to truly drink in moderation 
And if so, then how can they accompany people for whom that's just not a possibility? Well, I think, and this goes a little bit beyond what I know, but I think some of the factors involved are obviously the chemical content of any alcohol drink. And some people just can't deal with that physiologically, I mean. So there wouldn't even be thought of drinking in moderation. On the other hand, you have folks who do not drink who are certainly comfortable in being in a setting where everyone else is because they've made the choice not to. And that ultimately is what it comes down to, recognizing who you are and your own limitations or proclivities or whatever, and recognizing when you should and when you shouldn't. Father, you've written a column on Catholic Philly called How to Drink Like a Saint. And one thing I really found interesting about it was that we're in the summertime. It's naturally a period where we're kind of going a little easy. We're taking life a little easier, slowing down a bit and looking around and enjoying things a little bit more. And I think there's nothing better for me anyway than a cold beer on a really hot summer day when the work's done. As you say, to kick back and enjoy life a little bit more with friends, with family and having a beer in moderation or whatever your drink is, is a really pleasant part of life. And why not? Very much so. And I wrote that column right around the 4th of July when, in fact, there'd be lots of picnics and cookouts mm. and cold beers going around. And I think you're right. This is the time, the season in which we do slow down a bit, where we enjoy the outdoors, where we have meals outside, where we go to cafes and concerts and ball games. And that entire social context is an opportunity for us to be joyous. And that's the really important point, not the kind of drink we're having, but that we're having it with friends, that we're increasing our friendship, that we're interacting with folks in a not necessarily unserious, but in a way that doesn't highlight all the heavy duty responsibilities we have during the day or during the week. And having been through such a difficult time and still in the midst of such a difficult time as a church, this is where we can rediscover some of that joy. Scripture teaches us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And sometimes when talking about the church these days, everything is focused on a crisis or a failure of some Mm -hmm. sort or a decline in attendance. Maybe this is a place to recapture what it is we're about. Well, certainly. And that's what Sunday is for. It's a day of rejoicing. Even the Sundays in Lent are days of rejoicing. And so the pivotal church experience, the liturgy or the mass, is a celebration of joy. And sometimes it's hard to remember that. I jokingly said to students in my class, I said, I could probably increase mass attendance if, you know, we served hot dogs and beer instead of bread and wine, (laughs) Um, which I was only kidding about. Please note that disclaimer, folks. But yeah, obviously that's not the point. But the point is that we celebrate together. And the reason for our rejoicing is not the liquor that's there or even the people that are there. The reason for our rejoicing is because the Lord's there. You also mention in your column that there's a way to access that joy throughout the day, that St. Francis de Sales talks about how to kind of reach out to God throughout the day in short bursts, as Mm -hmm. it were, Mm -hmm. that kind of reconnect you with that joy. And that's what he's talking about when he mentions the idea of aspirations, this kind of short, ardent movement of the heart that repeating the Alleluia in my head, looking out and what a wonderful day it is, just those kinds of thoughts or sentiments that well up within us or that we can call to mind that keep us in that frame of rejoicing. So again, the message is one of joy and reclaiming that joy can be the path forward in this difficult time for the church. Certainly joy is necessary for life, I believe. It is what we are called to, that eternal joy that we call heaven. It is what we experience because of the presence of the Lord in the church, which is never ending. And while it is sometimes fleeting for us, 
Yes. And is not something that we experience 24-7. It is nevertheless the kind of positive human experience that all of us seek and desire and benefit from. And I think this is especially true for young people in the world. That kind of joy, that deep-seated kind of joy is really what they're searching for when they're out there in the pubs socializing with their friends. And I think this is part of the movement of young adults to talk about religious things in, as you mentioned, the Theology on Tap series, to talk about this idea of, yes, I can be a saint and still have a good time with my friends. I'll raise a glass to that. Father Thomas Daly, thank you so much. Always a pleasure to have you here. Hope you come back soon. Will do. Next round's on you. So you've heard our thoughts. What about yours? Reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Catholic Philly or visit us online at catholicphilly.com. Thanks so much to Matt Gambino, the editor of catholicphilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. And until next time, may God bless and keep you. Transforming lives. That's what the Society of St. Vincent de Paul of Philadelphia is all about. Called to service by our Catholic values, we work directly with our neighbors in need to help with the most basic necessities. Our lives are transformed, as are hopefully those we serve. Visit svdp-phila.info to see how you can join with us to help. That's svdp-phila.info. This podcast has been a production of CatholicPhilly.com. Music by Dustin Taylor Phillips. For more information, visit us online at CatholicPhilly.com.